Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. Welcome to Madcap. I'm Drew Snadke. Earlier this summer, we caught up with one of my favorite rappers, Asher Roth. It was an extremely hot day in D.C., but nonetheless, a proud day for America. The United States was set to play Ghana in our opening game of the 2014 World Cup. David Ross and I scaled to the rooftop of the Rock and Roll Hotel in D.C. There, we found Asher Roth chilling by the bar and watching the game. Here's what went down. That party last night was awfully crazy, I wish we taped it. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke my weed, but my good friends is all I need. Pass out three, wake up at ten, go out to What's eat. What's up, this is Asher Roth hanging out here in D.C. Asher Roth, nice to meet you here in D.C. Nice to meet you as well, man. Where are you from, Asher? Uh, I'm from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, uh, from a place called Morrisville. Okay, okay, if you were head of tourism for Morrisville, how would you get people to come to Morrisville? Uh, well, within our 1955 Little League World Series champion, uh, that's probably all we got going for us. There's a good Dairy Queen right around there. Uh, so I'd say go check out a Little League baseball game and some Dairy Queen. You're good to go. It's Asian Assassin back with another Sunday review. Can you dig it? That's right. I'm go. I'm heading on Mugatier Speedway. See, it's Dairy Queen on my right. We're just going to pull up like this and try their four-piece chicken strip baskets. So... So talk to us about the early days of Morrisville. What were, we, uh, we'll get to your musical influences, but what were David and Beth listening to? Oh man, David was Bruce Springsteen, Led Zeppelin, Van Morrison, uh, that kind of stuff, more classic rock oriented. Well, they're still racing down the trestles, but that blood had never burned in her veins. And then Mother was, you know, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire, more kind of jazz oriented. She comes from a jazz family. Okay, okay. What do, uh, do you have a favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song? Oh, man. I mean, September, I guess. I'll Se- jump. Yeah. Is that your birthday? Is, no, your I'm, birthday I'm is August. It? Okay, because my birthday's in September. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's what, why I like that. What does that, what does that make you? A, uh, it makes me a Virgo. A Virgo. grandfather was a jazz musician i read well, yeah he was he played trumpet played piano um yeah it was cool that side of the family the m- mom side of the family and the jazz stuff uh i i gravitated to early and then it was uh the classic rock that i started gravita- gravitate towards recently So, in a previous interview I watched, you said the most important thing in your day should be what are you putting in your body. True. I like to eat, 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 eat apples and bananas. <laughs> so it is after five. What have you put in your body up to this point today? Oh man, I'm, <laughs> this is gonna be hilarious. Actually, since we're on tour, you got to kick it off right and get a nice base. So I did McDonald's breakfast. Number one, Egg McMuffin with an orange juice. Um, but then after that, started going protein. So I got uh, like rice cakes and peanut butter, a little granola bar, and some, uh, some, 
some good beef jerky. Okay, okay. That's what I'm in right now. Staying hydrated now, but about to move to beer. Apples, berries, pears, watermelons, uh, corn dogs. Well, not really corn dogs because that's not really a food. It's a food product. Well, it's made with corn, corn and dogs. Right. Apples and bananas. So, uh, best place in Philly to get a cheesesteak. Uh, I'm Pat's. I mean, obviously, you can have the, the talk about gyms and Ishka Bibbles and stuff, but I'm Pat's. I'm Pat's all day, just from tradition. Okay, okay. So uh, I read in um, a book that every great artist secretly performs for an audience of one. So Ooh. so give me one person that you can think of, not besides self, mm -hmm. uh, that you const is constantly in your mind as you've evolved, that you really want to make proud, really. My father, man. Okay. For okay. sure. Okay. For sure. So... I guess he's. I guess he's been a strong supporter from the get. Yeah, he's also extremely critical, which I think is great for me because, especially when you get when you start to see some success, you might see a lot of people just wanting to keep you happy, not wanting to piss you off. You, they call him Yes Man, uh -huh. and uh, my father definitely isn't one of them. You did a track about him called His Dream. Mm -hmm. Talk about talk about the creation of that song. Man, you know what? I was just talking about it yesterday because it's Father's Day, and. Um, I don't know, man. It wasn't one of those things where, was, like, I don't remember being forced. It was just more of a journal entry, and I just think I wanted to take the opportunity. It's funny, Total Mama's Boy, to be honest with you. Total Mama's Boy growing up, it was because my dad was the disciplinarian, my mother was kind of loose. But now that I grow up, all kind of the the, uh, the authority that my dad had in the household really plays a part in where I am now. It's just kind of like a little bit more mature and, and taking, you know, my this opportunity... Uh, to just to sit with you and, and other opportunities just a little bit more seriously. He's always wanted to write. That's all he's wanted in life. But yeah, I just wanted to tell him kind of thank you for that. Uh, and I, I, I just, it's like one of those things. His, in that track, I say his father died at 56. His father died at 56. So he's well aware how vital a father figure is. How big of a responsibility it is to be a good husband and care for your kids. Uh, and he lost his father, who was big, kind of big for advice and stuff like that. And he was, he was driving home. And I just don't ever want to be in a position where I never got to say what I wanted to say to whether it be one of my parents or some of my friends or anything like that. So just took the opportunity to say thank you, more or less. His dream is my dream. My dream is his dream. I close my eyes and I can see The sacrifices he made for me Put it aside for his I read that he used to uh, call you, call your little, uh, I guess your rhymes, rap Tourette's. Rap Tourette's. So what, 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 what was, uh, what was the Tourette spitting out back then? Uh, it was a lot of Jay Z, man. <laughs> a lot of Jay Z. Um, a lot of like money ain't a thing. Uh, Jermaine Dupri stuff. It's just like you know, that's that's the that's the funny thing about rap music is that you know my dad always used to clown me about if I could remember facts and like history and and things of that nature in in school the way I could remember rap lyrics, I would probably be. Probably be a little farther along in life, but I'm doing all right right now. Yeah, you are. You are. Sign a check for your hoe. Jigger style is love. X and O. Save all your accolades just to dough. My game is wide. All names aside, trying to stay alive. So we're all about places on this show because places definitely have a specific meaning. You know what I'm saying? So, so how? What does Atlanta represent to you? Oh man, Atlanta definitely represents my innocence. I moved down there after leaving school, leaving college. 
how innocent was Asher? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say. <laughs> I mean, definitely guilty and uh, definitely innocent until proven guilty. But uh, I had a blast, man. It, uh, it was really fun going down there with just the friends and uh, and just kind of learning the ropes. Okay, so your career is hip hop now, but you wanted to be an elementary school teacher. Mm -hmm. Now, have you have you performed in any secondary school? I have. My How was that? Uh, it's great, man. I mean, the kids like we can learn so much from kids. That's why elementary school more so than secondary because. You get to the seventh grade, eighth grade, you think you know everything. Pretty much, I remember when I was 17, I knew everything. Um, and even before that. But uh, I guess those kids, you just learn so much from them. So I, I, that's still kind of a passion of mine is go and hang out with them. And, and they're, they're open and honest. And I think that's that's what we're missing. I have a belly button. You have a belly button? Well, we all have belly buttons. You know what? We all love Yoo-Hoo. Especially Yoo-Hoo with a little rum. What's rum? You don't know what rum is. Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin's a good man. So are you guys. Hey, stay clean. Stay focused. Stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends. Welcome to Atlanta, jacking hammers and bows. Back to the mackin' and jacking the clothes. Adolescents packing the foes. A knock on the door. Who is it? I would happen to know the one with the flow. Who did it? It was me, I suppose. JD in the rolls and looters in the cut. Can you, can you tell us a funny Steve Rifkin story? Oh, man. Because Steve. we had Mob Deep, and they, they told some ridiculous story of him them meeting him their first time when they were real young. Well, yes, Rifkin's a G, bro. I mean, <laughs> he's great and uh, definitely one of the reasons I'm, I'm here. But uh, Rifkin, the funniest, I guess the best story about his, uh, him is when the day I was going to get signed, he, he was bringing Scooter in to go do marketing, to come do marketing for him. Okay. Scooter brought me in. Uh, you know, he, he, he sent me through the gauntlet, you know, had me rap for him and then battle one of his boys. And then we went to a dinner and he was like, it was like a, it was like a holiday party. And he was like, you know, uh, if you're new to the company, you have to sing. I can't lose with 22s, bitch. That's what's up. Running in the back to fuck. Better than the aqueduct. Right now you're in the midst of Mad Cat with rapper Asher Roth. We're speaking with him on a rooftop bar at the Rock and Roll Hotel in D.C. Try to stay focused because it's about to get funky. Mm -hmm. um, so he's making everybody sing, and I got up and I sang "Temptation." He was like, "You have to sing." I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm not. I'm just here. You know, I'm not part of the company." I ended up singing "Temptations." Ain't too proud to beg, and I promise you, man, you killed it. I promise you, that's how I got signed. To let you go home, if I have to beg, plead for your sympathy. I don't. I. I don't think I got signed from like the rapping and all because I didn't have demos. I didn't have anything. I just literally, literally kicked a verse. Battled his boys. Oh, yeah, this is cool. I mean, he's been around Big Pun. He's been around Feral Monch, like the greatest rappers of all time. So he's probably like, yeah, whatever, cool. Uh, but when I sang Ain't Too, uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations, he, he turned to Scooter. He's like, let's do something. Okay, that's, that's a pretty amazing story. Uh, so, so I, I listened to another interview, and you, you talked about like your rise caused a little kind of strain in some personal relationships. I want to know, what do you think? Do you find the artistic process? And I'll ask this question like offensively. Do you find the art like pursuing the uh, artistry se selfish? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't. I just don't think it's selfish in a bad way. And I think that uh -huh. I think it's important for people in general to have a relationship with self before they can have a relationship with anybody else. And you, as you grow up, you start to see that your real relationships, your genuine relationships are few and far between. Uh, so yeah, I, I actually really dig the uh, artistic process because it's allowed me to really 
get to know myself. And I think people go their entire lives without knowing who they really are and they can get married and be with somebody and they don't even know who that person is. Well, walk us through your artistic process. When you need, when you have a deadline or anything, how do you create? What is, what, how do you go? Well, there? the cool thing about where I'm at now is there, there are no deadlines for me. So it's like from a discipline standpoint, that's first and foremost, I have to be self-motivated. And I think that's something that I wrote about in Last of the Flohicans. Uh, on the newest record was was talking about trying to find that motivation when it's not money you know if you're not there's not a fifty thousand dollar check on the table it's a lot harder to kind of get out of bed and you really have to have a reason to be doing it last to the flow he going for no reason snowing for four seasons fucked up my whole weekend i was home chief and drove in the zone peaking slow sipping couch surfing house feeling so sheepish and so facetious or is it so fictitious I lost focus selfishly with the leeches. When I sleep, I do I see what is I don't believe in. Thought I was hopeful, but there's hope for only those who believe in. Especially, I'm not too caught up into the whole braggadocia thing where it's just like, let me rap about how great I am all the time. That gets kind of tiring. So, uh, for me, it's just been about taking subjects, especially on the newest record, I think more growth than anything else. Um, no, almost on a header. But, um, taking st other people's stories and being able to tell them and things like that because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a narrator than anything else. My life in itself is, is, you know, I have obviously my stuff, but it's not that interesting. It's not like I have, you know, I come from a pretty stable family and all that stuff that's, tip, you know, kind of stereotypical rap stuff, broken homes, um, drugs and all of that stuff. I haven't really faced that stuff, but I've been an observer in a world that does where, where it might not affect me personally, but it might affect one of my loved ones. And being able to kind of tell that story through other people's eyes has been a fun challenge for me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I guess, what's your, what's your, what song on the album means the most to you? Is it that one? Uh, you know, from a creative process, I really enjoy Tangerine Girl. Uh, I would say Be Right from a journey perspective, Fast Life from a storytelling perspective, and okay. a Flo Heakins just from, I listened to the third verse of Flo Heakins, I'm like, damn, I'm pretty good at what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Focus, focus up to you about what we do. child from age shaman it ain't that common not every day you see the latest fate disintegrate regenerate in better shape stay in the shade and keep the pain away or take a break long enough to make them say live in your heart and not your head stupid when the lens crooked make your amends don't take offense to it making friends through it when it bends and loops ending up pretending leaping through the hoops to get into better check your fluids get a rest of ruin better them than me it's me and them that's why the best just do it Uh, some old tracks. Talk, walk me through the song The Lounge. Oh man, dude, The Lounge. Uh, novel. Worked with Novel. We sampled the Napoleon Dynamite keys in the beginning of the DVD. Probably a lot of people don't know that. What key? It's like, yo, I got a question. What's that? What's a rapper look like? Is he tan? Is he black, white? Is he blacked out high on the crack pipe? Or more the cast that'll ride on a half pipe? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, man, just one of those things where it's just like, I get it all the time of just like, you know, you don't look like a rapper. And it's just like, you, you just talk about it. What's a rapper look like? Tan, he's black, white, you know what I mean? Uh, and that kind of stuff, it's conversational. I think that's what hip hop, to me anyway, if my person, I, my, my per, I personally feel like hip hop should be kind of a conversation. Uh, and music in general too, it's a good, it's a good way to, to start a conversation. It might be me, but I don't think it matters. What does he look like? Nobody knows. Just 
just a rapper. He's just a rapper. A rapper. So uh, off this new album, talk us, talk us through the song Tangerine Girl. That was, a, a, I think, a growth record for me as well, starting to play with melody, not just kind of technicalities. Um, and yeah, we were just kind of chilling, eating food, came back, laid down the doo 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 doo. JP laid a bass line on top of it, and we just built it right from there. It was probably a 25 minute process. And I think whenever you're making music, it shouldn't be harder than that. It shouldn't, it shouldn't ever be forced in something that's gonna, it took me six, six months to get the song out. you know you were done with the album uh I, you know that's a, a i think interesting question for any artist we never know and you just have to at some point just pull the plug because okay. you could go on forever and ever so uh walk me through the creation of the song pull it one finger in the air just like this one finger in the air and i'm gonna pull it yes i'm gonna pull it yes i will pull it yes i'm gonna pull it Oh man, I you know it was funny. I was leaving, and I was like yeah, that 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 um the bassline was kind of playing, and I was like I, I'm I'm getting out of here. I have a little idea for this, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, let me throw it down. I, it's probably stupid, as whatever. I'm just gonna throw it down though, and I kind of laid it down. And JP was like, "That's amazing," and I kind of came back the next day and finished it up. And again, this whole album really was it's not forced. It's just kind of like let's make something. He he thought it was about a fart. Ah, a lot of people <laughs> did. A lot of people did. You probably didn't want me to say that. And now, a special message from Family Guy. I used to think flatulence was something to laugh about. Truth is, 300 million Americans a day expel gas through their anus. To learn more about flatulence, you can visit my ass. <laughs> Just yanking you. Why do I keep pursuing, searching off old information? I ain't good at relationships. I What are your family's favorite songs? Like, what are your two older sisters' favorite songs? Uh, you might have to ask them. I know my dad's big on Fallen. And I think it was the summer of 12th grade when Uncle C passed away, leaving us empty. And it hurt. It hurt. Real bad. Disturbed. Real sad. But we had to move on. So in fact, real fast, we wrote this song about fallen ones and miscues and misuse and the misuse of words used to dis dude so true. In a serious face, I'm convinced God works in mysterious ways Like everything happens for a reason I had to believe it, cause that would explain why they leave us As in people that mean everything I got love for them all, they'll be there for was He was bummed out that that wasn't a single uh, I know Tess, I like some of the unreleased stuff 
Aj is huge on Grind. Her favorite record's Grind. Okay. Um, something like that. So I saw in another interview that uh, one of your most favorite songs ever made was "Put It in Your Mouth" by Akinelli. Absolutely. Okay, let's walk, let's break that song down. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dude, play it at any occasion. Watch, man, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, you you really kind of like know who's down after you play that song. That's all you have to do is just play it, see how people respond, <laughs> and then you kind of know where to where to go from there. All right, and only a few more questions because it's hot as hell up here. Um, you did a track with Beanie Siegel. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> please walk us through Beanie's personality. <laughs> I mean, honestly, w- when I met and hung with Beanie, he's the nicest dude on the planet. He's just got, like, a crazy life, man. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, my life compared to Beanie Siegel's life is, is just super boring, you know, or lack of, for lack of better words, boring. But uh, Beanie, when I met him, super nice dude. Got to rock with him. Hung out with him in Vegas and just like, honestly, Details. a gentle tell, dude. Tell. <laughs> uh, we, were, we were hanging out at the, at the Magic um, in, in Vegas and rocked in the club. When Cannon, Cannon performed, I rapped a verse. Most Def came out, rapped a verse. Beanie rapped a verse and Mr. Fab rapped a verse. It was like it was a super hip-hop moment for me. I was like, this is amazing. Then after that, just kind of hanging out and just like put my arm around him and be like, yo, you're Beanie Siegel, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? Do you know what you mean to Philadelphia? And... Um, he was just cool, man. I don't, I don't really remember any. He didn't give me any words of wisdom or anything like okay. that. It's just like, just realize you're like, damn, you're Beanie Siegel. You're like the Broad Street bully, bro. And uh, he's, he's the homie, man. All right. So uh, also, would you walk us through the range of emotions you experience on the day of a show? Yo, I mean, wow. Uh, a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. Very anxious starting out. I'm just getting to a point where I feel a little bit more comfortable about allowing the day to come to me not letting my mind get ahead of, ahead of the day and ruin the day for me because i mean look what's going on it's a really enjoyable day yeah, uh, yeah there's no reason to be worrying about a show or anything like that but you know when you come up and you come up fast you you're looking for your place you're looking for acceptance and i think a lot of people are for a really long time and i didn't ever want to disappoint anybody i didn't want to bum anybody out and i think as experience goes i was talking with the sound guy down there dennis um experience helps you get a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more confident but it took me a while to really get there, man. And uh, I would say range of emotion goes from uh, starts out to being chilling and, 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 and taking the day. And then it gets really anxious, uh, probably a little bit frustrated from sound and different sounds like that and different um, like dealing with technicality, like uh, all the technical difficulties and stuff that go with the show. When that passes, you, you rock a show, you're happy uh, and then you're relaxed. What do you what what do you use as distractions during that period of time? I don't know, man. There's not really many, especially if you get in your own head. But uh, for the most part, I don't really drink or smoke before shows. Uh, I, I, I go about them sober. I don't like being uh, being high on stage. Have you done that before? I have, of course. Has yeah. it gone badly ever? Uh, sometimes it's great. Sometimes yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so we lace all these pieces with, uh, with music underneath. What is a song that is not yours that you would like to play you out? Probably Akinelli, Put It In Your Mouth. Akinelli, Put It In Your Mouth? Put it in my mouth. She said, put it in her mouth. I mean, her mouth. Yeah. I mean, her Right off the bat, Clint Dempsey. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my 
been ashy as hell with chat. USA, USA, USA. That was tight. He just put it on him. He just put it on him. That was amazing. Awesome. Good start to the day. It is, it is. Thanks for listening to Madcap's conversation with Asher Roth. His new album, titled Retro Hash, is available for purchase at asherrothmusic.com. You can also download it on iTunes. To stay up to date with Asher, follow him on Twitter at Asheroth. Madcap is produced by Daniel Bloom, David Ross, Afim Shapiro, and Juice Snadeke. Snadeke moves up in the world. Our intern is Christy Newen, madcapdc.org, on Facebook and Twitter at madcapdc.